You're listening to Fuel Radio, inspiration and training to fuel your day. Now here's your host, Rod Jans. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fuel Radio. On the line with me today is Art Geyser. He is the creator and developer of Energetic NLP. And just looking through his bio, I'm, I'm super excited to talk to him today. Uh, he has a lot of experience, and I just really like the topics that he is interested in covering. He's the creator of Energetic NLP and a gifted healer and intuitive. Energetic NLP is a powerful blend of neuro-linguistic programming, clairvoyance, transformative energy work, and spiritual principles. I'll just leave it at that, and I just want to welcome you, Art, to Fuel Radio. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I've listened to some of your podcasts. I really like them. Oh, good. I appreciate that. Thanks for, thanks for saying that. I've, I've found it really interesting lately to ask people about their background and their upbringing and how that has shaped what they do today, if, if it has at all. So when you look back on your childhood and your teen years and that sort of thing, how did that, how did your upbringing influence what you're doing today? Yeah. Um, so my father was one of the early mainframe computer guys. We moved to California in 1955 because he was running the, I think, second or third commercial mainframe computer in operation. And I mean, he was still going to college and stuff. And it, and it was an incredible thing. But and I, I grew up loving science and logic. And uh, he was an electrical engineer and wanted to be a scientist when I grew up and would read these children books like Tom Swift and his electric submarine, you know, at this young boy who would invent all these great, you know, scientific inventions. But I was also always very intrigued at a really early age with the powers of the unconscious mind with what they, at the time they called ESP or extrasensory perception. And on some level, I, I knew, even though I was very logical, very skeptical, I knew that there, there was a reality to all that. And, um, but, but for most of my life, I had focused on science. I was a biology major and in university, I, um, uh, or after I was at university, I got a job at one of the top medical research institutions in the world, which is the university of California medical school in San Francisco. Since it doesn't have any sports teams, a lot of people haven't heard of it, but if you look at like <laughs> top, you know, research, medical research institutions, it's, you know, it's right up there. And, um, uh, and I ended up managing this research lab where we were studying. Some of your listeners may be familiar with the term epigenetics. And we weren't using that term back then, but that's what we were studying. You know, the factors that changed how uh, we turn genes on and off um, and interesting stuff. But I, I knew I didn't belong there. I, had, I was one of those people. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I had this belief that something was just going to appear. But then as the years went on, I thought, maybe I'm just conning myself. Maybe, um, you know, I'm just a loser or something. I mean, I had a good job. I was proud of what we were doing. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to it. I knew I didn't belong there. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't where I really got to bring out my best qualities. And I went to a talk on intuition. And during a break, I, I, I walked outside and there was a bulletin board. And on it, there was a, a flyer and it said neuro-linguistic programming. And I literally, it felt like a bolt of lightning went boom, right down my midline. And um, the, the scientist in me was going, what was that? 
And the mystic in me was going, oh, it was a sign. What do you think it was? So I'm having this little kind of internal discussion. And I wasn't the kind of person who, you know, I, I lived my life in a very logical way. And uh, I, went, I went back into the, where they were having the talk and they had all these books. And for some reason, they had an NLP book there. NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming, and which had nothing to do with intuition. And I thought, well, that's another interesting sign. And I, I bought it and instantly I, I was reading things that made sense to me. Some of them were things I had thought, but then kind of forgotten about. Other things were, I'd never thought them, but as soon as I read them, I went, oh, this makes sense. Because I'd always been interested in psychology, but you know, back in, the, in those days, psychology was very rigid. And it was like, you know, every man wants to kill his father and sleep with his mother and everyone wants a, a penis, you know, and all this very, and I, and I found Freudian all that, stuff, eh? <laughs> yeah, and I found all that fascinating, but I, at the same time, it just never felt true to me. And the people who, who started NLP, and also back in those days, they were talking about five years of sort of minimum therapy. And, and that didn't seem right either. And the people who started NLP, they started studying five or six therapists who had a reputation for being magical, who could get these really rapid, profound life changes in people. And, you know, I won't I could, I could spend an hour talking about that, but they came up with this whole system for personal transformation. And at first it was more therapeutically based, but then they realized well, you didn't have to use it just for therapy. You could use it for skills transference. So let's say somebody's good in math and somebody isn't. You know, what's going on inside the person's mind who's good at math? It's different than what the other person is doing. And how would you teach them how to do it? The same for being artistic, the same for being a good athlete, for a good business person, every skill in life. And I, um, I had a really charmed, magical experience with NLP. I mean, uh, I was part of a high level research group with all these NLP trainers before I was through my first course. And it's a whole story, but everything was really magical. But part of what was magical about it was, this was in Marin County, north of San Francisco. And there were people I was meeting from that who were into psychic development and healing and different kinds of things. And they started introducing me to people. And that completely blew my mind. Um, I, I went to a, a workshop. Well, actually, I went to one of the women goes, oh, you know, come to our house, we're having the psychic over. He's amazing. And I came late and everybody's sitting in the circle and he has his eyes closed. And people are asking him questions. And if they asked for a decision kind of question, he'd go, you have free will, not for me to tell you what to do. But if they asked any other type of question, he would give them an answer. And I would look at the person, and even if it didn't seem profound to me, I'd look at the person and they'd look like, oh my God. You know, so I knew he was tuning into something and I'm a slow study. So when it came to me, I went, well, I'm learning NLP. I don't know what to do with it. Um, you know, should I use it in corporations or healing work, or training people or this or that? So he gave his usual, well, you know, you have free will. It's not for me to tell you what to do. And then he goes, there's something else. He proceeds to tell me my biggest fear in life that I had never mentioned to anybody. <laughs> and then he goes, you don't have to worry about that. And goes on to the next person. You know, and now I was on with the wide eyes and the open mouth. So he was teaching a workshop the next weekend. So I cleared the decks, took it. And by the end of it, I, I could do amazing things with people. And that was the beginning of my studies. And I, I've studied with a, since then, I've had two empowerments from the Dalai Lama. 
I've studied with a Philippine psychic healer, very Western healers and intuitives. And the energetic NLP is my bringing together the more logical, method, uh, methodical um, uh, gifts from NLP, the neuro linguistic programming, with spiritual principles, with intuition development, which is a nice way to uh, to say psychic development without pushing people's buttons and transformative and healing energy work. So energetic NLP is my taking the best uh, of what I've learned, putting it together into a system, and then of course changing things, adding things of my own. And I've been doing that really really since about 1985, so a long time now. It's, it sounds like it was such a smooth transition for you. Like, were, were you always open to these kinds of things? Or did you come in <laughs> kicking and screaming at all? I know, especially with your scientific background, were you, did you start out initially skeptical? Did you have things, to, did you have different beliefs or things to overcome? Well, it, it, again, it, the, the part that really wasn't easy was all those years I was stuck. <laughs> you, know, you, know, um, <laughs> you were you were looking for some help. Yeah, you, and, yeah, and my life was was great in a lot of ways. I mean, I had true love. I had a lot of fun, except I just couldn't seem to figure out what to do with myself. You know, where, where my path lay. Um, so that part wasn't easy. But again, I'd always had this knowing that there were powers of the unconscious mind. I'd always had the knowing that these spiritual things people would talk about and things that seem miraculous. I knew on some level that was, those were true. And then I had certain experiences from time to time that the only explanation was that people could pick up on each other's thoughts. And I, I went through a period in my first year in college where, and I was a happy person, but I got depressed and it's a whole long story. And I would go to the library and, you know, when you're in college and you go to the library, you're either studying or you're checking out the other people, you know, because all the hormones are flowing and I'd be studying. And if somebody looked at me, you know, like when the doctor hits your knee and your leg moves, I'd be studying and then I go and my head would whip around and I'd be staring straight in somebody's eyes and, and they wouldn't have time to move. And so they'd like jump back. And um, I, I had to stop studying in the library because it was freaking other people out. It was freaking me out. And I'm talking about people that were behind me. So it wasn't like peripheral vision. And um, so, and, and a number of other things happened. So I knew that, that I was right, that there was something real there, but I actually, I wasn't ready for it and I turned it off. <laughs> I, I really worked hard at like turning it back off, which is what a lot of people do. So- yeah. Yeah. Was it easy? When I was ready, it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes what desperation will cause us to do and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that desire to get unstuck. So just one more question before we get into what you what you do and, and maybe get, get you to teach us a couple things. What was it like? Like were you when you first started uh, learning NLP and even applying some of your intuitive skills or gifts, you know, what, what was it like to, to work with some of the first people? Was that, it was that an interesting experience or, or you, you said you were, the, you know, you were said that you were in some workshops and that sort of thing where NLP was just maybe first being developed or released here in North America. So maybe well, were you, were you just kind of practicing on each other? What was your early yeah, practice like? Well, what actually happened was, you know, after I'd gone that lecture and read the book, I was just, 
I could feel that this was my path, but the skeptical part of me kept going, well, maybe, maybe not. And I heard about a super advanced NLP program that was happening. Uh, it was supposed to be for people that were already master practitioners and trainers and stuff. And, um, and the person who was teaching it was supposed to be really, really good. And I thought, and it was a lot of money and it was five days and then five days the next month. So I had to take, you know, in America, we don't get long vacations. So I had to take my vacation time, a lot of my vacation time and spend all this money. And I thought, but I, I just felt compelled. I thought, I, I have to know if this is good. And I don't care if I go in this workshop, I'm lost. You know, I just want to know that it's real. And then I can go back and take, start at the beginning. So I went in and like five minutes into the program, I, I knew I was in the right place. And, and it was just a magical five days. But, but I was overwhelmed and confused because you're already supposed to know all these things. And when I came back, but I loved it. I was having fun. And um, when I came back for the second five days, and, and like I say, the people in the program, they were master practitioners. There were a lot of therapists and stuff. All these, and we would work on each other. You know, we'd, we'd learn something and then we'd try it on one another. And all these people were coming up to me the second five days and going, you know that work you did with me last time? I'd go, yeah. And they go, it changed my life. And I'd go, really? You know, just about like that. And so I realized it works. Apparently, uh, you know, I, it, it, it's a fit for me. And I just was having so much fun. And it was explaining so much about life and people in my own life and other people's lives. Things are all, all kinds of things. I used to think people didn't make much sense. And all of a sudden, like people made sense and change made sense. And, um, and it was so much fun unleashing people and helping them open up to who they really were and more their abilities. So, yeah. And then after that, I went back in, to the beginning <laughs> and learned what, what I didn't know. <laughs> but, I, but it was really very magical for me. I mean, I, I could go on, but, the, but, you know, sometimes when you're on your path, everything's hard. You know, mm -hmm. because all the resistance is up. And sometimes when you're on your path, all the doors open up. Well, this was one of those, like, doors just kept opening for me. And pretty soon I have an incredible mentor. And I'm working with like, these high-level people, even though, again, I'm just a beginner. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was very blessed in that. Cool. It was worth it the wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really interested in what you do because my earliest experience with NLP was a mixture of uh, spirit and NLP. Oh, good. And uh, it was actually in a church setting. It was just a church that was very open to spirit. Oh, and we yeah. happened to have this NLP teacher who had done some stuff on a, uh, in, in the corporate world. And it was just really cool. And it was a very transformational time in my own life. I don't, didn't really go on and continue to practice NLP at all, but um, I'm very interested in, in what you do. And maybe we could talk about the, uh, the three energy techniques that you absolutely need to know. It sounds, sounds so imperative <laughs> that we know this. <laughs> well, so, it, it is. It, 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 so uh, for people listening, if, if some of you are like I was and going, yeah, I don't know if this, you know, we're skeptics. Like yeah. I always tell people, I like skeptics, just be openly skeptical. You know, I, I, I did research for years. You test things out. You try them out. You don't form a belief one way or another. There's so many people who believe that energy work isn't scientific, and that's a complete myth. It's, it's actually a lie now. Uh, there's a lot of research and a lot of really good research, double blind, the whole thing, 
that, that shows that energy work is real. And if I can just give one quick example. At the University of Arizona, they took rats, and if you play loud music, they get stressed or loud noises. And you can hook them up to instruments that measure their stress, just like with people. And they would have healers send them energy. And when they would send them energies, their stress level would go down. Well, I'm pretty sure that wasn't a placebo effect. I mean, they, and they tested for that. They had people come in and just hold up their hands who weren't doing healing. But I'm pretty sure the rats weren't going, oh, the nice healer's sending me energy, so I'm going to relax. So, you know, and, and, and there's way better research than that. That's just a nice, simple one. The other thing is we know from physics now that people have energy fields. That's, that's no longer the land of woo-woo. That's science. You know, we're made up of energy. We have lots of energy fields. And people will come up to me sometimes and go, well, I don't believe in invisible energy. And I go, well, okay, well, what's your, how do you deal with gravity, ultraviolet light, you know, x-rays? You know, how do you think your phone works? Do you see the, the, um, the you know, the transmissions going? So we, science tells us now we live in a world of energy. So this is no longer you know, somebody in India 4,000 years ago who just knew it, you know, it's actually true. So we have an energy system in our body and around our body. If you look at your hands, I, I know we talked earlier about we wanted to tie this into authenticity. And if you look at your hands and go, what would your hands look like if you'd never washed them your entire life? You know, they'd be coated with all this stuff, but you would think that was you. You would go, oh, that, that is me, this weird, flaky, crusty stuff all over. That's me. That's my skin. And if you then fell in a lake or stream and it got washed off, you'd go, what is this stuff? Oh, oh, this is what I really am. You know, and actually, this feels more like me. You'd start to recognize who you really are. Well, our energy fields are like every other part of us. They collect stuff, in this case, energy. And they, it started at least when, when you were in your mother's womb. Because our parents don't know it, but they're energetically programmed to program their children. And it starts as soon as you're in the womb. And uh, I've worked with people who never knew their fathers and maybe their fathers never even really knew they existed. They were still energetically programmed by their fathers because on the inner spiritual level, it's all connected. And, you know, we, children need to be programmed by their parents. So this is a, a, a good thing. The problem is not only are they programming you out of their limitations, but they were programmed by their parents, were programmed by their parents, were programmed by their parents. So a lot of the programming we get does not fit the 21st century. So a lot of my East European Jewish relatives did not want to be seen. Did not, you know, you know, if you were in Russia, you didn't want people to notice you because you could get, you know, I remember one of my great aunts going, she remembers the Cossacks riding through the airport of town and just cutting people's heads off because they were Jewish. And um, so you, you didn't want to show up. Well, that, in my, in my field, like yours, that doesn't work anymore. You know, I, I live in 21st century America. While there are things to be afraid of, my being out in public and saying what I think is not going to get me killed. And um, so one of the things I had to do was clear out that programming. So the point of it being that we're not just programmed unconsciously, which since Freud, we all know. Um, and before Freud, people thought they were consciously running their lives, or most people did. After Freud, people realized, oh, Really, your unconscious mind's running more of your life than your conscious mind. And when you get into energetic work, you realize your energy system is running your life even more than your unconscious mind. So yeah, your, your, your conscious mind's this little tiny thing going, I'm in charge. You know, your unconscious mind is going, no, you're not. And your energy field is going, oh, you, 
both of you are kidding, right? Um, and so in order to live a more authentic life and a happier, more successful life in a lot of energy systems, and it's key to energetic NLP, is you do a lot of clearing. You, you get other people's energy out of your space. You get their emotions out of their, your space. And for people that are listening, any emotional state they get into that they don't handle well, and maybe they've been to therapy and worked on it, and maybe it got better, but they still don't, it's still a problem. It's because it's not your energy. So, you know, and it can happen anytime in life, but for a lot of people, they're in the womb and maybe their mother or father is really anxious and they, they absorb that energy. And then they're 50 years old going, I know I've always been anxious. I don't know why I'm anxious. Maybe it's genetic. I think it's a biochemical thing. And I've always been anxious and I've been in therapy and that helps me and I get mindful and that helps me, but I've always been anxious, you know, and, and the reason they can't, they can only handle it, not heal it is because it's not their stuff, but you can learn to let go of these other, of other people's energies and their emotions, their thoughts, their programming. And when you do that, it opens you up to a big part of energetic NLP, which is to be guided by your inner wisdom and by your spirit. And in energetic NLP, when we talk about your inner wisdom, we talk about that unconscious human inner wisdom and your spirit, you know, your vaster self. And most people, their inner wisdom and their spirit are not particularly aligned or working together. And I, I just, you let that plane go by. Um, I don't know if you can hear it much, but um, what the one problem with the hills, you get low flying planes. But um, uh, for most people, their spirit and their inner wisdom are not aligned. And I, I, would, I started noticing this years ago. I'd work with clients, and they'd say they wanted something, and consciously they'd want it, but maybe their unconscious mind didn't want it. Okay, and then other times, sometimes we take care of that, but sometimes their spirit didn't want it or their inner wisdom didn't want it or their soul didn't want it. And so in energetic NLP, we, we go for whole being intention and permission so that your spirit, your soul, your conscious mind, your unconscious mind, your body are in alignment in what you manifest in your life. Because what happens for most people is where they're not manifesting the kind of life they want, it's like they've gone into a restaurant and they've gone to the waiter, oh, I'd like the steak. And then they go, well, no, Actually, I'd like the vegan meal. Well, no, actually, I'd like a pasta. And the waiter's going, well, you know, I'll get you what you want, but you have to tell me which one you want. Well, energetically, spiritually, we're putting out these different messages. So where we're not aligned, um, kind of life can't fully support us in manifesting what we want because we're telling it five different things. You know, your spirit wants one thing, your soul, your conscious mind, your unconscious mind might, might, might want three different things. And your body wants something else. So we work on getting that all aligned. And the first step is learning how to clear your energy, which turns out is super duper simple. Let's uh, use a, a practical example. I mean, there's lots of people of suffering from depression. It's something that I struggle with from time to time. Just before I got on this podcast, I just finished editing a podcast of someone else that I had interviewed and, and they had struggled with depression and they were actually talking about their own suicide. And uh, we see it a lot in the, in the news, you know, Anthony Bourdain, Bourdain was yeah. a recent, uh, someone recent 
that was in the news that took his own life. And I always feel, I always feel so, I feel so sad about that. Like I, I feel like if, if they had talked to someone like you or, or someone helpful, that it was maybe something that was avoidable. So let's say I come to you and I'm, I'm struggling with, with depression. What are, what are some steps that I could take to, that you would recommend? Well, a, a lot of what I'd be working with the person, a, a lot of it I can't ex- explain for people. It's not that people can't do it. Things like working with karma and what are called spiritual contracts, that's all really important. And, and that's something actually I, I explain in different webinars and stuff, and we don't have time for that now. Yeah, I understand we got to sort of take a bird's eye view, so let's do that. Let's just yeah, kind of, so, But yeah. we can zero in. There's some things people can do that are very powerful. Okay. One is learning how to clear energy out of their energy field that isn't theirs. So when you feel an emotion, you tend to bring in the energy that matches it that's around you, either in your energy field or around you. It's a, a, a negative expression of that is road rage. If people get angry on the highway, well, so many people when they're driving are frustrated or angry. And if you really open up, and some people do, they don't realize it. So they get angry, they open up energetically, and they get swamped with all this anger well since it's not their anger they don't know how to handle it and then they can they can do really outrageous things the more enjoyable part of it is like you're at a rock concert or or an opera or you're at a sporting event and people talk about you know i love when all these sportscasters who are very conservative go you can feel the energy of the crowd well you can feel the energy of the crowd you know it's there you can feel it so you know, when it, when it's useful kinds of um, energies for the person, it's a positive thing to be able to bring those energies in. But people, most people are out of control energetically because they're just, they're totally unaware. So they don't know what to do about it. So one of the things that, that will improve anybody's life is learning how to clear their energy field. So I, I can walk you through it right now, if you'd like. Sure. And would you say like depression and these kinds of things are just in a way, they're a sign that maybe we're taking on other energy or that, correct? Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, there, you know, and I, w- I want to acknowledge there can be physical factors. Everything can sure, die. exactly. There can be biochemical yeah. things going on yeah. as well. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, but if it's getting, if the depression is, is ongoing, you know, and, and, and you're going, you know, so if it's a theme in somebody's life, then yeah, then there's a lot going on energetically, spiritually that, it can be worked on and and the person will for sure be pulling in other people's depression. So one of the things I'll teach people, let's say they're feeling depression is they can put up an imaginary meter and I teach them how to do this. And I go, how much of the energy of that depression is yours? And often they'll go 20%. And if we clear off the other 80%, they feel a lot better. So uh, I can give everybody a really simple way to do this right now. Now, even, even during recording, so if you want, I'll, I'll take you through it real quickly, and people can be learning that way. But I want to tell people if they're driving, either turn this off or pull over. Whether you believe it or not, when people listen to these recordings, they'll, they'll access the energy again. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good point. Yeah. And most of my work is remote energy work, and that sounds like some mysterious ability. Everybody can do it. it it's one of the things with my students I have to go, the, the thing is it's so simple. It's, it's just not any different. It's just people have a belief that it's some mysterious skill. But um, 
So I'll be running some energy with this. So again, whether or not anybody listening believes it, don't listen to this while you're driving, please. Um, I, I get tons of emails from people going, well, you know, I, I didn't believe it when you said I'd feel the energy, and I did. Um, the other part of it is when we're doing this, if when people are listening to this later, they can do it with, with an emotion of their own. And it works whether or not you feel it. It won't work if you're going, this absolutely can't work. But if you go, yeah, I'll try it. You know, maybe this is stupid, but I'll try it. It will work. And if you feel it, it's more fun. If you don't feel it, it just means you're, you're not used to tuning into those vibrations yet. That's all. I mean, so, and you don't have to tell us what it is, but pick an emotional state you'd like to work on. And anybody listening, just pick one. And, the, and what we're going to do is really simple. So just pick one for right now, because there's always people going, I have 12. And then what you do, and you imagine out in front of you is a symbol that represents that emotion. And a symbol can be anything. I, I just always imagine little balls of energy and a ball of energy for happiness, a ball of energy for depression. You know? um, so just imagine a symbol out in front of you that represents the, the emotional state that is a problem for you. And then imagine a tube of energy going from it into the earth. And then just give your own inner wisdom and spirit permission to work with the earth to drain out of that symbol any energy of that emotion that's not really yours. So your authentic energy is going to stay, but everybody else's energy can drain off. So, and there's no effort involved. You just, you're just consciously going, okay, inner wisdom and spirit, drain it off into the earth. So just go ahead and try that. And then you ask your inner wisdom and spirit. That's what we call your miraculous self when they work together. Ask your inner wisdom and spirit, your miraculous self, to fill that symbol with energies that will help you work well with that emotional state. And then you pull the symbol back into your heart and you let the energy go throughout your entire body and energy field. And I'm just curious, when you did that, did you notice anything? I, I felt a cool feeling. I felt yeah. like I felt coolness, which yeah. is interesting because it's really hot in this room right now. And the the the, <laughs> the energy I picked was frustration because uh, I felt frustrated throughout the day at the heat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I actually felt cool. I felt a cool, I felt coolness when I brought it back in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people often, sometimes they feel heat, sometimes they feel cool. People go, I didn't feel anything, but I feel lighter, I feel more relaxed. Sure. Sometimes people will go, I feel kind of spacey. Um, all, all of those are good. And so try it one more time. Take what's left of that frustration, put it out as a symbol again, and people listening, whatever emotion you're working with, see a tube of energy connecting it to the earth and give the earth your inner wisdom and spirit permission to drain the energy that's not yours. And that's other people's energy, but it's also energy from your own past that, that isn't in present time. So we can carry around frustration energy from when we were three. So any energy that's not yours or not in present time can just drain into the earth. 
And again, your inner wisdom and spirit are doing all the work and the earth is doing all the work. And then ask your inner wisdom and spirit to fill that symbol with energies that will help you with that emotion. Then pull that symbol into your heart, the center of your chest, and let the energy spread throughout your body, your energy field, your cells, your DNA, and your whole energy field around your body. It's as simple as that. That time I felt uh, a grounding sort of. I felt, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking about grounding and bringing that up. <laughs> Were you really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> there's there's the intuition yeah. coming to play. <laughs> so the energetic NLP, we're always clearing out energies, which can include things again like karma, spirit, and spiritual contracts. If people haven't heard of that concept, is that on the level of your soul or your spirit you've made agreements and they, they may have been made before you came into this life. They may have been made during this life. And those agreements, like any contract limit us in a lot of those agreements you can change. And so that's beyond what we're going to do right here though. I do have webinars where I, I take people through it. So I, I just, I, can I tell you something? I, I picked, I pictured a family member who's quite frustrated. I won't say who they are on the air. <laughs> Good move. And so, yeah, I think that maybe I experience and feel, have felt their frustration most of my life. And so, I don't know, maybe that's, that, that's what I imagined. That's, it didn't, that's what just came to me. So yeah. I think that it was a big chunk of it. I, I, my read that 20, 30% of it a lot. And, um, the other thing is, in um, energetic NLP, I made up a term beliefs du jour, you know, like soup du jour. And because people get limited by, there's a lot of people teaching a lot of great energy stuff out there, but they make me crazy because everybody's telling you the truth, you know, and oh, but I channeled this and this old Chinese guy or God or Jesus told me. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying those people don't do a lot of good in the world, but every psychic every channeler pollutes the information it, it, this is an nlp concept it, it goes mm -hmm. to your own belief systems and, and that's okay that's normal and human so in energetic nlp we talk about our beliefs du jour meaning well this is what i believe at this moment and i'm not attached to it you know being some kind of eternal truth this is kind of where i'm operating from right now to me like the worst thing you could tell me is that 10 years from now, I would believe exactly what I believe today. Because to I me, that would mean yeah. I hadn't grown. You know? I really appreciate that outlook. That's kind of how I feel about things too, and, oh, and beliefs and truth, and that we're always evolving. It's always, yeah. it's always changing, right? Yeah. When I was first getting into all of this, I thought the whole past life thing was just ridiculous. <laughs> and then um, I won't go through the whole story, but somebody told me about past life, and it, I'm thinking, Okay. I mean, it's so resonated with me, but, um, but, you know, are there past lives? What do they mean? What, what, what does it mean to go? You were, you know, a knight in the crusades or a 
peasant picking rice in China. You know, who knows? But what I, what I can say for sure is people have energy in their energy field that is from other lifetimes. Why it's there is an interesting spiritual question, but it's there. And so that's another thing that we clear is not just other people's energies, but energies that are from other lifetimes. Because so are, are yeah. you saying from other, not necessarily our own past lives, but just from other, from history, for example? Is that what you're saying? Or are you saying something different well, to that? My belief du jour is that if, if, there, if that energy is in, in you, you have some connection with that person. I mean, my belief du jour is that we're vast spiritual beings and we have more than one type of existence and lives that go through time. And so that, that there's a really big rod, you know, or rods, you know, you're a portion of some very, very big being. And that big being has had other lifetimes so that you're connected to them. But, you know, that's just my belief. But what I, what I would say is close to true is that almost everybody I know, and I, I see the same thing, is you'll see in some, somebody's energy field very strong energies from other lifetimes. So again, why those energies are there, what does it mean? I mean, my operating belief du jour is that because of the bigger being that you are, that's in existence, but there's other explanations. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really complex versions of past lives. And I'm a very practical person, so I, I find those discussions interesting, but on a certain level, I don't care that much. It's more to me like, it's not you. It's not present time. If there's learnings for you, take them. So I, I find a lot of people that are attracted to my work, not a lot, but a significant number of people, there's past life energies in their space where they were burned at the stake for being a witch or driven out of a community or something. So they're afraid to open up to their power. And part of their challenge this lifetime is you know, if they're in the Western world, certainly in Canada or something, they're not going to get burned. Maybe in the U.S., but in Canada, they're not going to get burned at the stake. And, and, and so for a lot of us, clearing that out, when, when you talked about your depression, to me, about 40% of the energy of your depression comes from a couple of other lifetimes that were very depressing. <laughs> and, um, and again, how you're connected to those lifetimes, I don't know. But if you do the process we talked about and, and have the intention, okay, clear out. If And you don't have to believe it's there. Just go, if there's energy from other life signs, just keep clearing it. And it's such a simple process. You can keep doing it. And what will happen is you'll find your relationship to depression changes. So three and a half years ago, I lost the love of my life. It was a 40-year relationship. And of course, I had intense grief. But I would keep clearing other people's grief out of my grief. And I would feel bad, but you can handle your own authentic emotions. It's when you have other people's emotions and you can't handle it. And people would be trying to get me out of grief and they'd be going, I lost the love of my life. I'm, I'm totally fine with being in grief. You know, this is, this is an yeah. appropriate human reaction. You know, I'm functioning, you know, you know, and I'm saying everything's fine. I just feel really sad, you know, and I'm so okay with that. I don't want to change that. But if I wasn't clearing out other people's grief, it could have overwhelmed me. And right, then it right. would have gotten in my way. Mm -hmm. that, that makes sense, right? And, yeah, that's great. Art, just in the interest of time, I could talk to you yeah. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I really appreciate you taking through that exercise and everything that you shared with us today. Um, I'm sure we've piqued some people's curiosity. And if people want to find out more and get in touch with you, and I'd love to book you again and let's have another conversation sometime in the future too. How can people get in touch with you and find out more about what you're doing? 
if they one way if they go to fuelradio.com forward slash uh, I'm sorry, I said that backwards. They go to energeticnlp.com, which is my basic website. And if they have trouble remembering that, they can just put in ENLP, the number seven dot com, and then forward slash fuel radio. There'll be a web page up which will have three different things on it. One will be a webinar where I just go into the the three energy processes, because we just started with one that I think everybody absolutely needs to know. So there'll be a webinar for that. There'll be a, a, another webinar available. And the, the third thing that will be available for people that are interested is they can click on a link and they go to an application and they can apply to have a, a discovery session with me where they talk about where they are in their life, where they want to be. And I'll do a, a brief energy read on them about what I think it would take for them to, to go forward in the life the way they want to. And that can be for people that are experiencing problems. But, but a lot of the people I work with, they go, everything's fine. I just, I see there's a next level. So again, if they go to energeticnlp.com forward slash fuel radio, then they'll have links for all three of those. And if nothing else, I really, really, really urge people go to the three techniques because that's about an hour webinar just where I go through and, and teach you the techniques. And the one we just did there I, actually isn't even one I teach on that, but it, it relates. So they'll learn how to clear their whole energy field, how to retrieve their energy from other people. Because it isn't just people leaving energy in our field. It's like we're doing the same to other people all the time. It, it's a human thing to do. But that's why a lot of times people, they can be around other people and good interactions. And later they go, I am so wiped out. And then so that'll be on there. There'll be another webinar. And then the, um, if people are, are more interested, they can apply for the discovery sessions. The discovery sessions are free, but I, I can't, you know, I have limited time that I can do on them. So I go through people's application that they fill out and try to get a sense of, of, of whether this is a good fit for them to do it. So. Okay, sounds good. And if people are interested, we'll have links for that in our show notes. Again, it's energetic. NLP forward slash fuel radio. Thank you for putting that together. I love that when podcast guests do that kind of thing. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, yeah, I look forward to taking a look at that myself. So again, our guest has been Art Geyser from California and uh, from Hollywood Hills, right? <laughs> Hollywood Hills. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for taking the time to join me today. Well, thanks. I, I, and I just want to say I love your podcast and your energy, the way you do them. So um appreciate what you're doing in the world. You've been listening to Fuel Radio.